a little town of Bethlehem. That's one of my favorite carols, actually. I think the gospel is so well presented in the text of that uh, hymn. It's wonderful. So um, blessings on that. Bethlehem holds a special place in my heart um, because I was taking a Hebrew exam one time and I spent about 15 minutes trying to figure out House of Bread, which is Bethlehem. But I didn't realize that. And I just spent, I was sitting there going, I've read scripture a lot and I don't ever remember hearing about a house of bread. Um, so then I finally figured out it was a, a proper noun, <clears throat> Bethlehem. So um, today we're talking about the journey to Bethlehem. The journey. We hear a lot of talk about journeys, right? the journey and how important the journey is. And there's a lot of memes and posters and inspirational statements about the journey. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Uh, the journey is the destination. All these great things. Um, I stopped believing this morning and journey is going to be upset. No. Give you a, time, a little minute to get to there. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. It's it was early when I wrote that one. Yeah. So I've really appreciated our Advent devotional and um, hearing the voice of a woman kind of talk through what it feels like to be pregnant and to go through some of the really tough stuff um, that Mary must have gone through. And so, um, and I don't know if I'd ever really, really thought about it. This woman was nine months pregnant and here she had to travel three days journey, nine months pregnant, walking all of that way. And I have uh, been in the presence of nine month pregnant women. And the idea of, hey honey, how would you like to go for a walk for three days? Just doesn't really sound like they'd be too excited about that. And so from the voice of the author of our Advent devotional, um, this might be some of the thoughts that Mary were going through and Jessica's going to read that for us today. I had a difficult time not cursing Emperor Augustus as I rode the, that donkey to Joseph's town of Bethlehem. I was in my ninth month when we had to return for a census count. My, angle, my ankles were swollen to the size of my calves and my back ached with each step the animal took. I could no longer hide the pregnancy, even under my ample robes. But we were traveling out of town where no one knew our families, so the danger wasn't as dire. It took about four months. Joseph guided that, the, the donkey through the mountainous terrain, and I kept my eyes to the horizon. I imagined crawling into a soft bed at the end of the journey, finally relaxing my exhausted body. I dreamed of stretching out my muscles and sleeping for hours as my joints settled back into their rightful places. When we arrived, we had a difficult time finding a place to, slay, to stay. I was desperate to rest, so jo Joseph no negotiated some space in a barn. As we, entered the stench of, no, as we entered, the stench of hay and manure overwhelmed me, and I had to swallow back the vomit that crept up my throat. Joseph kept apologizing, so I smiled reassuringly, trying to appreciate the fact that we were no longer sleeping on the open road. Just as I began to take deep breaths and find some solace among the animals, my water broke. When I felt that trickle down my leg and saw the wet hay at my feet, I cried. This was not what I had imagined. God, give us comfort, even in our most uncomfortable situation. Thank you. So 
So I love that Jessica read that because Mary was about that age, probably. So um, thank you, Jessica, for doing that. <clears throat> so we think about how Mary, what Mary must have been going through. I mean, the physical hardship, right? For those of you that are pregnant, have been pregnant before, can I get an amen? Amen. 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 She did not walk to Bethlehem, she waddled, right? <laughs> um, now, I worked with uh, Robert Pryor, who was the pastor of First um, Presbyterian in Santa Barbara when I was at Westmont College. And uh, he had w lived in the Middle East for 20 years uh, and had uh, been a professor at the um, University of Beirut. And he said, we have this wonderful vision of Joseph leading the camel with Mary on the back or the donkey or whatever it was. And he said, there's no way in the Middle East that that ever happened. It didn't matter how pregnant she was, Mary was the one leading the donkey and Joseph was comfortable on the back. That's just the way it was. So, sorry to crush your Christmas cards and everything, but um, that's the Middle East, uh, that's the way it was. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget, you know when you're that pregnant, you're just ready to go, right? You're just like, I'm done. I want, to, I want to be done, we can just stop on the side of the road, I don't care who sees, I'm just, I just don't care anymore. And um, I'll never forget my friend David, his wife was very, very pregnant, and he, he like glanced out the window one day, and she's carrying this huge bag of garbage out to the corner, and he's like, comes running out, oh honey, let me help you. And she goes, no, no, don't touch me, don't touch me, I'm trying to work myself a corner, get this baby out of me. So she's doing everything she can to get him out, so. Um, Mary was having none of it. I mean, we, we kind of beautify it in our minds and trying to make it a beautiful thing, but I'm sure she was going through a lot of physical pain, stress, um, difficulty, emotional hardship. I mean, imagine you're about to have a baby and suddenly you're nowhere near any of your friends, nowhere near any of your family, nowhere near any of the uh, midwives that you know and trust. You're going to a strange place, strange people, um, clear on the other side of the country. Uh, it must have been really, really tough, really difficult. And then the spiritual hardship. You're, you're thrown this curveball. Caesar Augustus, off in Rome, has decided to do this census, and you get thrown. Oh, we have to go to Bethlehem? What? I mean, it wasn't Mary's idea. She wasn't saying, hey, we have to fulfill prophecy, so we have to go to Bethlehem. <laughs> She had probably no idea. I mean, Her King Herod didn't know, and he was much more educated than Mary was. So she would have no idea that the Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. She was just kind of like, I'm going to give birth here. I don't care where we do it. W what do you mean we have to go to Bethlehem? You go to Bethlehem. <laughs> I'm staying here. No, you're going with me. No, I don't want to go with you. Um, and then, of course, asking the questions of God. Well, God, why would you allow this to happen? What are you thinking about? I'm pregnant. I have your son in here. I'm supposed to be taking care of him. You're supposed to be taking care of him. Why are you making me walk all this way? And asking all these questions of God. God, do you even care? Maybe God doesn't exist if he's making me do these things. To put it mildly, the journey to Bethlehem was an incredibly inconvenient detour in life, right? makes us think about providence, right? Because God sees the big picture and all we see is what's going on right now. 
God sees past, present, and future, we pretty much focus on the present. Some of us get stuck in the past. Some of us get overwhelmed by the future. But for the most part, we just are worried about what's going on right now. Divine providence, uh, it actually literally means, comes from the Latin word, means foresight. Providence, it doesn't mean I'm in charge and I'm in control and you have no choice in the matter. It just means I'm above what's going on down here and I can see what's going to be happening in the future. I have foresight. I know what will happen. And this is a beautiful example of that. Mary is thinking, why do we have to go to Bethlehem? And God's saying, I, I know why. <laughs> I have all these reasons. Because first of all, it was prophesied by Micah, and now you're going to fulfill that prophecy, and Jesus is going to be born where he's supposed to be born, in the house of David, where David was from. Because God knows the future, God knows what will be. Uh, so I doubt that Mary knew all these prophecies. I doubt she knew about Micah. Uh, I doubt she knew that she had to go to Bethlehem because of that. <clears throat> but um, for whatever reason, she went and she fulfilled scripture. And she obeyed God. And she obeyed her husband at that time. So a census was taken by Caesar Augustus. Uh, Caesar didn't know he was fulfilling prophecy that was 700 years old. He was just like, nah, I want to know how many people I can have so I can tax them more. I want the money. So he was fulfilling God's providence as well. But for jo Joseph and Mary, it was an incredibly inconvenient detour. <clears throat> Ever had a, an incredibly inconvenient detour in your life? where you think, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to just stay here, and it's all going to work out just fine, and suddenly, bloop, something new happens. Something different happens. Sometimes it can be really dramatic. Uh, sometimes it can be so dramatic that you think, oh my god, you saved me from something terrible. I missed my flight, and the plane crashed. Now, nobody probably missed. You had an experience like that? Okay. so. One of those kinds of experiences. Or um, avoided some complete disaster or something else. You never know. Other times it can be somewhat benign, right? Um, shopping for the perfect gift. Anybody shopping for the perfect gift? <laughs> and you don't find it, you give up, and then you turn around and find the perfect gift. Wasn't what you had in mind. Um, I grew up in a town called Los Gatos. Now I know for my Hispanic friends, they're all they're already shaking their heads. I I grew up there, so that's what we called it. But uh, Los Gatos, for my Hispanic friends, um, that's 53 miles south of Berkeley. Uh, I grew up in the 70s, 60s, 70s. Um, so Berkeley in those days had an unusual uh, reputation. There was riots and things like that going on in Berkeley. 
So when I grew up in this little village in Los Gatos in the foothills of the Santa Cruz Mountains, uh, between San Jose and Santa Cruz, and we go to Santa Cruz Beach all the time. Um, Berkeley, oh my gosh. There were crazies up at Berkeley. Anybody go to Berkeley? <laughs> Betty, all right. That explains a lot. <laughs> um, so when I graduated from college and I got a call to interview with the music minister from First Presbyterian Church, Berkeley, I was kind of like, okay, whatever. I'll go and interview. I thought it was a good opportunity to, you know, practice my interviews and all those things. So um, I, of course, we, he said, I'll meet you at the Presbyterian Church in Los Gatos. So I said, okay. So we, uh, we get there. I drove over in my car that did not have air conditioning. Uh, I wore the only suit that I had because it was a job interview, and it was a three-piece wool suit. It was the middle of summer, 99 degrees outside. Um, and I walked in, and David Morales was sitting there, and he said, aren't you hot? <laughs> My first interview question. <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> he said, why don't you take your jacket off? I said, if I do, you'll see how sweaty I am. So I'll just leave it on. Um, I had no intention of ever living or working in Berkeley. Um, I thought it was a weird place. And after I graduated from college, um, they offered me a job, and I said, OK. And I ended up living there for two years. In my mind, at the time, that was an incredibly inconvenient detour. But God used that time. Um, helped me to fall in love with ministry, with working with people, um, particularly at that time with working with youth, uh, music with people. Um, I started a youth choir there. Uh, it went from 12 kids to 60 kids in two years. Um, we just had a great time. I loved it. And that kind of was the starting point for me being in ministry. It was an incredibly inconvenient detour that brought fulfillment to my life. And for all of us, I think we've gone through experiences like that. Um, even in relationships, we have in mind who we want to be married to and we think we found the right person. This is for all you single people out there. There's a few of you out there, I know. Um, we think we found the right person. Not quite there yet. And you just have to keep at it. You go through uh, those detours. And as I've always said to single people my whole life, uh, Every relationship prepares you for marriage. Whether you marry the person you're in the relationship with now or not, every relationship prepares you for marriage. So young people, keep that in mind. Um, so my challenge to us today, as we're thinking about this journey to Bethlehem and the things that Mary had to go through and Joseph as well, <clears throat> I mean, we kind of forget about Joseph, right? Poor guy, she must have been I joke with people when their wives get pregnant. I joke with the husbands and say, well, you'll see your wife in about three years. <laughs> 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 I 
Thank you. <laughs> right? Because you just kind of, yeah, okay. So my challenge to us is to take some time to reflect um, and think about those times that have happened in your life where you've had to go through a detour that you didn't expect, that you didn't plan for, that you didn't schedule, something that was unexpected, and take some time to reflect on how Christ was born in that time. Because that's what happened to Mary. She went on this detour in her life, and Christ was born. So in the same way, Mary represents all of us, as I've said before in this um, series. Mary uh, received Christ into herself. She allowed Christ to grow in herself, and then she birthed Christ into the world. How have those detours in your life allowed you to receive Christ into your life, to let Christ grow in your life, and to birth Christ into the world? How has that worked in your life? Take some time this week to consider those things. Take some time to pray about it and to thank God for his providence. Sometimes when we look back, we can see the bigger picture that God had for us that we were unable to see at the time it was going, it was happening. Um, I would encourage you to tell somebody about that experience. Maybe today at lunch or something, while you're talking about things, talk about it. You know, Lance mentioned that detour. Here was my detour. So take some time to talk about that. But then remember to give thanks to God because God sent you on that detour and God has used that to bring Christ alive in your life. And then trust God in the future for those detours that happen that take you by surprise and you think, oh, why? Why? God never wastes a detour. So take a step back and allow yourself to say, okay, what does God have for us in this moment? Trust him in the future. In all of those incredibly inconvenient detours. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this season of life. We thank you for the model uh, example that we have in Mary and in Joseph, who were um, trusting in you, who were faithful in you, who followed you even though it was inconvenient, even though there were detours in their lives. Help us to recognize those detours in our lives, Lord, and help us to um, trust you in those. Help us to remember the great Psalm, Psalm 23, that you lead us in the green pastures and through the valleys of the shadow, but you are always with us, you always guide us, you always protect us. So even though we might be fearful, you are with us and you guide us. So Lord God, continue to walk alongside of us. Continue to remind us of your presence. And may we in all things receive you into our lives, allow you to grow and birth you into the world around us. We pray this in your name, amen. So we're going to finish with um, arguably one of my favorite Christmas carols. Uh, musically, Angels We Have Heard on High, hymn number 23, and I invite you to stand as we sing. <laughs>